Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. Finally getting this show going. We've been trying for over a month now. We're going to continue our journey in John 11 and Revelation 5. Welcome to the broadcast, Pastor James. How are you doing? Thank you, Dorothy. I'm glad to be back on. I've missed not being on the broadcast for a while, and I got my good friend here, Dwayne Byers. From go ahead and introduce. I'm Dwayne Byers of Jesus Christ Teaching Ministries under Pastor James uh, from Arkansas, actually. Hey, Arkansas. Amen. <laughs> you make that trip what once a week? Every two weeks. Every two weeks. Well, I hear you. Well, I'm so glad he's here today and that he'll be here. Me and him will be discussing the Word of God and seeing what the Word says. You know, a lot of times as I tell people they read over the Word instead of reading the Word. There are so many things that God has hidden for us, but he wants us to search it out because he doesn't want us to be lazy. Only those people that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. And because of that, we've got to dig into this thing like our life depended on it, which it really does. So that's why when we study the Word, we don't study just to be reading one little thing, but understanding that there's different aspects to the Word. And the Word is always put together by precept upon precept, line upon line, here little, there little. And then you've got to understand what are the mysteries of the Word. And one of the mysteries is the word spirit. A lot of times don't, people don't realize it don't only mean a, a, uh, a form or energy, but it also represents understanding. So when it says uh, the poor in spirit, it means like the poor in understanding. They shall be filled. Well, what, filled with what? Knowledge. That's why we understand about the Hebrew alphabet, and my friend here, he teaches uh, each letter of the Hebrew alphabet on Sundays at our church. And as we're going through now, we're at the uh, seventh letter, Chet, right? Zayin. Zayin, okay. So we're at the seventh letter or the sixth letter? Seventh letter. Seventh letter. Okay. And so he teaches every every Sunday. So if you, if you really want to learn this, uh, the Hebrew alphabet, with understanding, then uh, if you're in Kansas City, come over to our church. Our address is 9623 East Independence Avenue, Independence, Missouri. Right now, as I said, we're getting ready to go into uh, St. John, the 11th chapter and the first verse. And what we're going to be talking about, the four aspects of what the word says about Lazarus, his sister, and Martha, the other sister. See, a lot of times we get one part of it, but we don't get the whole thing. That's why we need to read uh, and see what it is that we'll be blessed. Because God wants to bless us going in, bless us going out, give us, make us the head and not the tail. 
So this is why we study the Word of God. Now, I have a comment to make. This Today I had a friend of mine that called me up over the uh, telephone. I hadn't heard it in 10 years. He got mad at me because I made a comment about Obama, which is true. Obama is one of the antichrists. I don't care if you get mad or not. I'm telling you, I, I do exorcism. I know what I'm talking about. But anyway, he hadn't talked to me in 10 years. Today he called up because his son became demon-possessed. The people you talk against, you might have to come back to them and they have to pray for you. So don't burn your bridges. But I don't want to talk about politics. I don't want to. Listen, God was the first person who put politics in here. He's the one who made the first king. And after that, God's been putting kings, uh, presidents, or chancellors, or somebody on the throne. But he wants those that want to obey him, not ones who want to disobey him. So anyway, this is what I'm telling you. You better learn what's happening now because things that are happening in the spirit realm are happening also in the natural realm. And this world is about to be, as they say, going through a great judgment period. It ain't, it ain't the rapture yet, but it's getting ready to be a great judgment period. And if you don't know how to operate in the spirit, you're not going to operate it in the flesh and be satisfied. You're going to be hungry. You're going to be thirsty. When the storms and stuff come, there will be many that shall perish. For he said, the one who wrote the book, said, my people perish for lack of knowledge, lack of understanding, lack of wisdom. So I'm trying to teach you how to read and how to look for the hidden things of the word. Brother uh, Byers, will you go ahead and start us off? Now, a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which had anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Now, you listen to that part, what it talks about uh, Mary and Martha. Why is it so important to know about Mary and Martha? Because it says that Mary was the one. It makes it clear. The Bible interprets itself. Sometimes you have to search around to get it, but you'll find out that precept on precept is what I'm talking about. It says Mary uh, was the one who anointed the Lord's feet and washed it with her hair, and uh, uh, she was the one who blessed his feet and everything. Well, anyway, who was Mary? That's what we got to look at now. What was Mary? If you look up the name Mary, one of the names for Mary is rebellion. She was rebellion. Now, wait a minute. You mean Jesus' mother was rebellion too? Did you not notice that Jesus' mother, when she was trying to get into the place where he was at, said her and her brothers told him to come outside? Why? Because they had rebelled against Jesus. And Jesus said, who is my mother and my father and my brother, except those who do the will of my, of my father? So that's one of the names that Mary means. Do you have something else you want to say or anything? Okay. So anyway, um, it's so important you, you find out what is Mary, who was Mary. If you'll find out, you'll find out later on, that, as it said here, that Mary was Lazarus' sister. Lazarus was a rich man. Now, I'm going to throw something else real quick. Lazarus is the one that said that he loved the Lord, but he would not give up his riches. Mary was the one that was a prostitute. 
And most people didn't know that. She's the one that anointed his feet. Martha was the one who was the first to go out to, to meet with Jesus after her brother died because she had more faith than Mary did. But anyway, we'll go ahead, and I won't stop anymore unless the Lord says something. Therefore his sisters said unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now I've got to stop in again. You know, you hear people say, well, I do this to the glory of God. God doesn't need us to do something for his glory. His glory comes as we obey him. That's what he's looking for. He wants us to be obedient in everything. 99 and 44% ain't going to do. You got to sacrifice 100%. And there's a reason for that. And that is because we were not created for uh, our pleasure, but we were created for God's pleasure. And God's pleasure, and he gets glory when we obey. It comes back to because we glorify the Lord that he's doing what he said and that he is in us. All right. Now, Jesus loved Martha, Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days to, still in the same place where he was. Then after that, he said to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbles not, because he seeth the light of, of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbles, because there is no light in him. Now, is there something hidden in there? Yes. Look at the ninth verse again. And Jesus answered and said, are there not 12 hours in the day? If any man walks in the day, he stumbles not. Why he does not stumble? Because he sees the light. What is light? You know what light is? One of the words for light is uh, understanding. Same thing. He understands where he's going. Like if you get into a car, like what you do, you drive from here to Arkansas. Now, if nobody gave you a map, you didn't know no, no GPS or anything, how would you get there? Not at night. No, no, in the day. How would you get there? I'd have to depend on the road signs. You have to depend on the road signs. But if there's no road signs, how are you going to find it? <laughs> no, God. <laughs> I hear you. Well, see, the thing is, you got to have some kind of information. And information is what gives you uh, knowledge of how to get something or do something. So he said, if he walks during the daytime, he said, because he sees the light of this world. Most people looking at the sunlight. That's not what he's talking about. He said, the understanding of how this world operates. How do I know? Because the second verse interprets the, the one we just read. It said, but if any man walk in the night, he stumbles because he has no understanding in him. But it says no light in him. Now, what is the difference if it's light or not? What is that going to do when you're walking or driving or something? It's understanding, having knowledge. All right. So the Bible is teaching you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly. The more you learn of the Bible, 
the more you understand the Bible always what? Interprets itself. Go ahead. These things said he, and after that, he said unto them, Our friend Leather is sleeping, but I go that he might he may awake that I may awake him out of his out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. How bit Jesus spake of, of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking a rest or in sleep. Now what is is kind of and relate here to you is that God says just because you hear one word doesn't mean that's what it means. When he said that he sleeps, they thought, well, he does well. But he was talking about his death, and that's why the Bible always interprets itself. All right. Then Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to, to the intent you might believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto the fellow disciples, let us always let us also go, that we may die with him. Then, Je- then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about fifteen furlongs off, and many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to confront them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it to thee. Now, let's look at that last verse there. She said, I know that even now, that whatever you ask God, God will give it to thee. Now, that's faith. That's faith. That's sin. That's a statement, affirmation. Affirmations with God, he loves those things. But I'm going to try to tell you, you can believe something, you can trust God for something, and you can still have doubt and unbelief. So this is why we have to constantly get rid of doubt and unbelief. And right now, the world, and that's what we're going to do Revelation later, right now the world is going through deception. And they are being deceived. They, they say, well, I don't care, I don't want this person to be the president, I want that one to be the president. You have no clue that we're in a spiritual warfare, and not more than just saying our word, but there is a spiritual warfare going on. There's the Illuminati, and people say, I don't believe in the Illuminati. It's real. It is real. And you got people like Trump who are battling this thing, and that's why the Bible says we should pray for our leaders, for them to have wisdom how to fight this stuff. Everybody's talking about what he done did in the past and all these other things. Look. Y'all did something in the past. If it's any of you ain't got have never sinned, then you have a right to speak. But if you if you sin even one time, have you lied? Have you stole? Have you uh, messed up somebody else's life? Messing around. So then then you can talk. But if you have if you've done those things, you cannot talk. Keep your mouth shut and seek what the the spirit is trying to tell you about saving our planet. The people want to kill us, and y'all just don't know it with Agent Orange, this COVID stuff, they're trying to get it down to what they had put in their manifesto, and that is we cannot control the world until we get under 500 million people. So that means 7.5 billion people have got to be killed. You better watch what's going on, and we'll go right back to what we were at. Why you, if you hear me with my voice now, go check 
what does the Democratic Party start it for and what do they believe? If you don't pay attention, their same thing, their agenda has never changed. They say they have, but they have not changed. They're still pushing for slavery, abortion, uh, euthanasia. That means to kill people when you get old and you can't be useful. You could be one of those people, or your kids can be caught in that trap and be put back into slavery, and you just don't know it. So that's why I say it's important to study the word and remember history always repeats itself. Go ahead. Can I say something? Yeah, go ahead. On uh, verse 15, it says, I am glad for your sake that I was not there to the intent that ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go into it. Jesus said, I only do what I see my father do. So he already knew what he was going to do, and he was going there for that intent. That's why he had to stay that extra two days so that he could make sure Lazarus was in the grave. One of the things about uh, about him staying, uh, making the, the fourth day is because Jewish belief that when you die, you're still around your body for three days. And so that's why he waited a fourth day, so they cannot say, well, he brought him back because he was around his body. No, fourth day he's gone. So here he is waiting until the fourth day to show up. That's why they had to put it in here. Wow, that's, and that's deep, uh, looking at looking at uh, Jesus' teaching. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's what he taught. He taught by showing. He taught him, told him. But he showed him also. Mm-hmm. Uh, verse 23, Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the, tr- and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth, believeth in me, shall never die. Believeth thou this? Now, you notice, she and the person, oh, yeah. God will give you whatever you have. But then what came in? Doubt and unbelief. She said, well, I know in the last days that God, oh, no. He said now. That's what you were believing then. But then doubt and unbelief will come in. This is why we have to be on guard that we will fight when it says submit yourself unto God. What does that mean? Study the word. Read the word so you have affirmation what you can say. Nothing in, nothing out. But if something goes in, you can speak those words at the time it is needed. The Holy Spirit will bring it back to your remembrance, and you will speak those words. And those words are spirit, and they are life. All right? Then it says, the, at 26 verse, it says, Whoever liveth and believeth in me, what is me? The word. What is the word? The logos and the uh, rhema, which means the written and the spoken. The words are written down for us to study of him or read of him so that we will cope what would he do. And just like my brother said earlier, he said, I don't do nothing except what I see my father do. How did he see it? Through the word. He read the word. He had to study the, the Bible just like we did. He studied the uh, first five books called the Torah. And by the age 13, he's got to quote it by memory, by memory. That's why he was in the temple. It's called Bar Mitzvah, for him to get promoted to be what they call a man at the age of 13. So he had those first five books already memorized. And then he was able to put those scriptures together, Bible interpreting itself, and understand what the message was. That's why they were really surprised how well he knew the scriptures. Go ahead. So you're talking about doubt, right? 
Yeah, she said, I know whatever you ask God for, he'll give it to you. And then she doubted. That's why Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. Do you believe that? Mm-hmm. Because she just told him that she believed he, she knew who he was. Mm-hmm. And then she she said, but you can't you can't raise him. <laughs> <laughs> she said until the last day. The last day, right. Now he said, I am the last day right now. Yep. All right. Keep going. She said unto him, Yeah, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she said had said had so said, she went her way and married her sister, secretly saying, Wait a minute, messed up. Uh-huh. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly saying, The master has come and calleth for thee. And as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Now I want to stop right there. You notice it said that Jesus was in the place where Martha met him. That's the same thing God does with us. When he tells us to go somewhere and we miss it and go the wrong direction, he's still waiting at the place where you last left him. Go back to where you last left him and pick up the trail and go with him. He, uh, God told uh, God told was, was it was last year, but he was working dealing with me on what we've forgotten our first love, and we need to get back to him. We left Jesus. We left Christ. We left him just wherever we left him, mm-hmm. and we had to get back. And he dealt with me that all year long. Mm-hmm. It, was, it, was, it was just something. Right. I just got to tell you, it was just something, Pastor. He, uh, I don't want to cut it, Gene Brockrat. But he taught me so much that year because he kept me in his word, and mm-hmm. he kept showing me things. It wasn't just, it was just like in, in, the, in the word when we read it. Mm-hmm. He would tell me, but then he would show me. Mm-hmm. And, and I would pray for something. And then I would sit down to read, and he would give me the answer. Mm-hmm. I know one time that I, the, the, uh, a pastor told me something, and I told my wife, I got to see God on And it wasn't me. I just took a piece of chicken and took it to my lips, and God told me what scripture to go to. Amen. I was like, wow. So he? That's it. Nothing in, nothing out. Right. But if you got something in, it will come up. Because he brings back to your remembrance those things that Jesus said, which is the word, which is either spoken or written. All right. The Jews then which were with her in the house and comforted her when they saw Mary that set that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was coming where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, with which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Now, one of the things you notice that on the 32nd is she said, my brother would have not died if you had been here. That's because of what I told y'all earlier, that they believe that if you die, your spirit is still around for three days. But after three days, it cannot happen. Jesus did not come on purpose. So that it could be fourth day before he came. He gone. And said, Where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold, how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which 
opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died. Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a it was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Now, if you look at that, it says on that thirty eighth verse, it says, therefore, again groaning in himself, came to the grave. Very important about the grave. It was a cave. Where was Jesus buried? In a go ahead. You <laughs> in a cave. In a cave. And a stone was laid upon it. What about Jesus? Where was, was there a uh, oh, the Bible that they always interpret itself? There was a stone and they had to roll away from the entrance where they buried Jesus. The Bible always come together if you'll take your time and read it. Not read over it, read it. And you'll start seeing precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. That will give you knowledge. That's what they said. How do you get knowledge? And that's the Bible explains itself. This is how you get knowledge. Uh, Jesus wept. And they said, well, he loved him. Well, Jesus knew he was going to raise him. Jesus already knew. But he wasn't weeping for Lazarus. He was weeping for the people. And they didn't understand that. And we get that. We a lot of the pastors say we have to learn the word because if we don't know, we'll get a misconception. Uh, Thirty nine, Jesus said, "Take you, oh, take you away the stone." Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said to him, "Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he had been in the in bed for four days." Jesus said unto her, "Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldst see the glory of God?" Then they took away the stone from the place where the bed was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou heard me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Now look at that part there. It says, I know that you hear me always, not sometimes, always, but because of the people that stand by, I say, that they may believe, or he prayed for the people to be able to listen to what he said before it get ready to come to pass. I'm telling you, once you start to move in the spirit, the Holy Spirit, you can flow and you'll understand that it's greater that he who's in me than he who's in the world. You ain't got to pray for everything. You have to pray for instruction. That's what you're asking when you pray. When you give your the uh, admiration to God when you say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In other words, you're glorifying God's name. And when it gets down there, it says, Give us this day our daily bread, saying, I want instructions on what to do today. Tomorrow's another day. But today is what I have to have my instructions for. And that's what prayer is all about, to get instructions. But Jesus said, I know you already heard me because I already got the instructions. He knew what to do before he got there. But he was, as like my brother said, they, he weeped because of their unbelief. He weeped because here he's been teaching all this time, and they still did not understand that he was sent from the Father, that he was what they've been looking for, the Messiah or the Word, and now the Word has been made flesh, and now they're seeing it and still unbelief. Go ahead. And when he had thus when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound 
hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto him, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary came which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Now you notice that last part I said they went to the Pharisees to tell them what Jesus had done. I wouldn't have been leaving Jesus. Hey, you just seen a miracle like that? But that's why this program is called Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. We see signs, wonders, and miracles all the time at the church. The people are moving into the signs, wonders, and miracles because of what the Word says in the book of Daniel. It says, in the end time, that's how we know we're at the end time, that uh, knowledge would increase. But it ain't talking about cars and planes, and even though those happen. But that is not what it's talking about. It was talking about an understanding of what the Word is saying. And because of that, we're seeing great miracles now. But it said the wicked would do wickeder. In other words, they got all kinds of stuff out here to kill us. But the word will give you life and know how to pass all these things if you'll learn it. And people will say, well, people are still dying. Believe me, what happens, they get a taste of the other side. They don't want to come back. All, if you look in the Testament of the New Testament, all those people died in faith not receiving the, the promises sometimes because they see what's on the other side and they don't want to come back. They were thrown before the lions. They could have stopped the lions' mouth. God showed that in the book of Daniel. The lions couldn't eat him, got out of the fire. They showed that in the book of Daniel with the three Hebrew children. God can do anything what he wants to do, but most of the time when we're, those are true believers, we know we're here to be sacrificed. Jesus had to die. So do we. The Bible says that we should be obedient even unto death. It didn't say away from death. Well, let me change because I'm getting ready to die. No. Death is a door that opens up to the next phase or the next dimension or the next portal that you may get into the presence where you're supposed to be. All right. Let's keep going. And let's get something. I got nothing. Okay. Um, then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, what do we? For this man doeth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him, and the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. And one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto him, to them, ye know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and that the whole nation perish not. Hmm. And this spake he not of himself, but being a high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for the nation. And not for the nation only, but that also he should gather together in one the children of God that are scattered abroad. Now, what does it mean, scattered abroad? The Jews are the elect. When you read in the Bible, it says the elect faith. That is the Jews and Jews only but there are other children of God here, and those are what they call the hidden ones. And they have the same anointing that the Jews have, but they have to go through a different way, okay? Now, God, when Jesus was here in the flesh, he was talking to his disciples, and they would say, there's somebody else doing deliverance, but it ain't doing it the way we said. He said, leave them alone. If they're not against us, they're for us. 
and I have sheep in other folds. He was talking about those other children of God. All right. So when you read the elect's sake, it's talking about the Jews. When it says others, it's talking about the hidden one that the Old Testament talks about and the New Testament is revealing where they call them the child, the sons of God. Then from that day forth, they took counsel together for to kill him, for to put him to death. Jesus therefore walked no more openly among the Jews, but went thence into the country near of the wilderness, into a city called Ephraim, and there continued with his disciples. And, and the Jews' Passover was nigh at hand, and many went out of the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. Then sought they for Jesus and spake among themselves as they stood in the temple. What think ye that ye will not come to, to the feast? That he will not come to the feast? Now both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given commandment that, that if any man knew where he were where he were, he should show him that he might they might take him. Now you notice, here it is. Jesus is getting ready to go to the Passover. And before he gets to the Passover, the Bible says that he had to get ready for the Passover. And that's why at 12, we'll start at 12 next time. And you'll find out what happened. How did Mary uh, anointed Jesus' feet? Why did he marry, uh, anoint his feet? And, and then part of it is his, his head. So when you get to reading this, one part of the scripture says head, another one says head, another one says head and feet, and another one says feet. That's why you got to put it together. God does it on purpose to hide the meaning so that you will look for the meaning and put it together. Amen. All right. Well, now, oh, yes, sir. Uh, I was just going to say that these Pharisees, I look at, I look at us today, right, mm-hmm. as Pharisees and Pharisees, because we're educated in the word. Mm-hmm. And there are people who out there who we have to give it to. And they were so jealous mm-hmm. and so uh, about their money because they said that the Romans going to come and take our place mm-hmm. and our nation, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't even about Jesus was doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. It was about they gonna, they gonna, they need it in our pocket. Mm-hmm. That's how we got to look at the day. People out there are waiting for us because they don't want the truth. They want to stay with the old, what they've been taught, and that they haven't been taught correctly. Mm-hmm. And so when you get the truth, then you start to get into some of these churches' pockets, mm-hmm. and they don't like that. Oh, I hear you. <laughs> All right. Well, right now, we're getting ready to uh, go to Revelation, the fifth chapter, starting with the first verse. And the reason is people are thinking, oh, we're into the last days, we're into the uh, rapture and all that. Well, I want to tell you, the Bible talks about, first of all, there will be birth pain. So we're in the middle of birth pain, and birth pains usually take nine months. But with God's, God's timing and stuff in our calendars, we can't figure out what is nine months with God. So first of all, we got to go through the birth pain, and we're going through it. He said there will be wars, rumors of wars, uh, death, uh, pestilence, and uh, things in dire places, volcanoes, hurricanes, all these things. He warned us. That's what a woman goes through. When she gets ready to have a child, oh, man, stomach's big, feeling bad, sometimes emotional swings back and forth. Oh, man, I had 10 kids, so I know a little bit about it. <laughs> but the thing is, 
we done talked about the uh, earlier in the book of Revelation, we done talked about the seven churches and stuff. And God, the son, said, I have something against five of them. Two of them he didn't complain about. That was, uh, I think it was Smyrna and Philadelphia. Those are the two he didn't have nothing against. But the other five, he said, look, you're lacking. And you need to get rid of the lack and strengthen those things that are about to die. In other words, he's trying to give us knowledge because knowledge is power. Knowledge is what gives you life. And without that, you will die. So anyway, as we start to study, that's what I want you all to do. I'm not trying to teach you the Bible. I'm trying to get you to learn how to understand the Bible or how it interprets itself and how that you let this thing interpret itself instead of letting man or woman teach you what they say, well, the Lord is doing something new today. He's not doing the same. Listen, you better go back and read what, what the word says, and you better do what Jesus said. You look at the example. There were 12 apostles. Now, out of those 12, how many were women? None. And they thought, well, God is making women apostles. He's not making a woman apostle. He does what he said, I made you for my pleasure, not me for your pleasure. And we're going to learn that as we start reading the rest of the book of Revelation. This is a test. That's why Jesus, when he was out in the wilderness, who came out to get him? The tempter. And what is the word for tempter? Or a tester. That's what it is. Life is nothing but a test. He warned us about the test. This is why we have to stop being depressed trying to change things. Well, if I can believe God for this and just believe God for that, then it's going to happen. No. No, 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 no. You've got to find out what God wants, and then you believe what God says, and then it will come to pass. So as we change our heart and our mind, that's why it says create within me a, a clean heart and renew the right spirit in me. You know what that spirit means? Motives. That's what it means, the right motives. So here we are praying for things that Book of James said you pray amiss. You're not praying what God wanted you to pray for. You're praying for what you want. And just like he said about the Pharisees, they weren't about worrying about Jesus doing miracles and stuff. They were worried about losing their position and money. Money is the root of all evil. I know this preacher used to come on all the time. He said, it ain't money that's the root of all evil. It's the lack of money, honey, is <laughs> the root of all evil. But it's when you're willing to do anything for money, then you're going to get in trouble. Money will come. I'm telling you, money will come. Prosperity will come when you do the will of God. All right. Let's, oh, go ahead. Also, uh, obedience is better than sacrifice at all, burnt offering. And when we're obedient to the word, what he tells us to do, he blesses us. And he blesses us with things that we need and some of the things that we want. But we can't we ask him for the wrong things. We need to be asking him for his faith, which is his wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. That way we can get with him and know who he is, and then he can present us with stuff because he can't give us something that's going to take us away from him. Amen. Amen. Let us start a little bit back. Uh, Revelation, the fourth chapter, and starting at the ninth verse. And when those beasts... Give glory and honor that, and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever. The four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever. 
and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are they are and were created. So in other words, I tried to tell y'all earlier, we were created for God's pleasure, not God's pleasure for us. We're supposed to be here to, uh, when it says worship, means we're here to serve him. A lot of people say, I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. That is not worship. Worship is serving. That's why it's when the devil said, if you will fall down and worship me, then I will give you my whole kingdom. And Jesus said, I will serve the Lord thy God and him only shall I serve. It lets you know what is worship is serving. And if you're willing to serve him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, that's what uh, David had to do, then he will reward you openly. When you pray in secret, don't let everybody know you're praying and stuff. Let it be prayed in secret and watch what God does. I'm saying God wants us to do for one thing, and that is we are created, all that was created for his pleasure, and they were created by him. All right. Let's keep on going. And I saw in, in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look their own. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I behold, beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as it was, had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into the, all the earth. All right. Now, before we get any deeper here, I'm letting you know, if you've got any questions you want to ask, any uh, uh, things about what we just talked about, John, or uh, we get into the book of Revelation, if there's anything that you've been having a question about, this is the time you can ask. You call in, uh, all you have to do is push one on your telephone, and they'll let Dorothy know uh, that there's somebody on the broadcast. Hey, Dorothy, do you have anything you want to say? Not at the moment, but I would like to um, address some of the current events going on at the end of the teaching and how we should pray for stuff. So much fear-mongering going on, and we need to be able to see through that and see through the lies that people are telling us. Amen. Amen. As I say, a lot of people don't know about our history, how the Republican Party has always been for the minority and trying to help. They say, well, the Democrats give us money. They're buying you, keeping you docile. And I mean not just black. But everybody's life matters. But they're keeping your doors out that you will not seek the truth. And that keeps you gentle. You will not learn the truth until it's too late. When they close that, that uh, trap on you and you're caught in it just like an animal does in a trap, the animal thinks it's all right. He sees there's food in there. 
He gets in there and eats and everything. Didn't know there's a door waiting on the thing to close him in so that he can be killed. That's the same thing with us as people. We need to look out for the traps. We need to pray for our leaders that are good leaders. For righteousness exalts a nation, but without righteousness, it brings us down to destruction. All right. But as I said, if there's anybody out there that want to ask a question or you have anything you want to say, brother? Uh, Verse 5, I've read the Bible and I've read it a couple times. But I've read it without understanding. And now, uh, with understanding, when I read that, I know that this is talking about Jesus. Because it says, a lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book and loose the seven seals thereof. We have to get to a place where we get an understanding. Because God said, in all you're getting, get an understanding. And we need to know what, what the word is saying. Because we can read it and read it and read it. If we don't have any understanding, it does us no good. Mm-hmm. We have to forget it in our heart, in our mind, and in our spirit. We have to walk it, live it. Bruce Lee said it first, said it best. We got to live it and eat it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. He was talking about karate, but mm-hmm. I mean, kung fu. But the word is the same. When you want something, when you seek his face, you're, you're getting down deep. You're getting dirty. And you may read and not understand the word. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit will bring it back to your remembrance because that's what he does. That's his whole job is to bring things back to our remembrance. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we got a lot of people that's under spiritual attack right now. People say, why is the devil attacking us? That's because we did not support God when he wanted us to support him. In other words, we needed him in school. We need him in our businesses and stuff. But, no, we try to use human understanding, human Cunningness, and what you got was deceit. The devil became part of your life, and God started leaving the way because you didn't want Him. You got to want God for God to be around you. If you don't want Him, God will walk away from you. But once He does that, you're gonna know I need God. You will fall down, and what He said: Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess. To the glory of God that Jesus is Lord. In other words, he is the master, and if you don't follow the master, you will be lost. All right. Verse 7, he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Now, why is it so important that we know that these are the prayers of the saints? What it is is what uh, when Mary uh, when uh, Mary poured the oil on Jesus' feet, it was uh, anointed oil, and what that was to let us know there was something special about that. And what was that thing that was special about that? Hold on, just a minute. What was special about that was that. Uh, that means a thing of remembrance. So this is why it's so important. The prayers of the saints are the uh, the things that were in the golden hour are the remembrance of what you've been praying for. You may not see your uncle's face. You may not see your aunt's face. But eventually, because the prayers of the saints are still brought up before God, he will remember them and he will answer them that are the righteous. 
And they sang a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou was slain and has redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and, the, and has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. In other words, everybody's talking about, I can't wait to get to heaven. I'm going to be having a new mansion and all that. But the Bible doesn't teach that. It teaches that we're going to rule and reign here on this earth. And Jesus is going to rule from Jerusalem. So that's where we're going to be able to have places like uh, I already called for the United States. I know I ain't nobody, but I'm asking God, let me be the president of the United States. I can straighten this mess out. And you'll be able to call places, and God will send you there, and we'll be able to move in our new glorified body. Glorified body. That means you do think where you want to be, and instantly you'll be there. But that's why we're here for God's pleasure. He brought us out of every tongue, uh, nation, and king, and I mean, and uh, every nation and stuff is because He created us for His pleasure. His pleasure. Once we get that understand, His pleasure, and start operating to make Him happy, that's when that scripture will come to pass. The joy of the Lord is my strength. All right, and then it says we will rule and reign on the earth. Let's keep going. And I beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beast and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessings. And every creature which is in the heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing the Lord, blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth on the throne. And unto the Lamb forever and ever, and the four beasts, amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. You know what they fell down worshipping by saying, hey, whatever the Lord wants, they will do. Why? Because we're getting ready for the marriage supper. Once we get through the marriage summer, we're coming to rule and reign down here on this earth. During the time we'll rule and reign will be a thousand years, which will complete what the Bible said in the beginning, where it says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Well, we look at that one way, but we don't understand. It's a seven generations that God well, have this earth, and he'll rule and reign on the seventh, which we call uh, the Sabbath, which means a day of rest. And then it will be the eighth day, which most people have never read that, but it's in the Bible. So in other words, six days that God uh, created the heaven and the earth, but he created another day, which was the seventh day in which he rested. That's why seven is the number of completeness. All right. We have to make ourselves available to God, too, because uh, he calls us, and he continually calls us. But we get to the point where we can't hear his voice because we keep pushing him off. Our sin pushes us, repels us from him. Mm-hmm. It don't move him. It moves us, and mm-hmm. people don't understand that. When you continuously out there in sin, willfully, mm-hmm. not repenting from your heart, 
you get to like a like a magnet with the opposite side. Mm-hmm. It just repels you away from him. He's still right there, like you said earlier. Mm-hmm. He's still where you left him. But we got to go back to him. And I, uh, chapter six. And as I saw, when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, "Come and see." And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. When he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat up their own to take peace from the earth, and that should kill, they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see, and behold, and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And when they had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. But I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat up on him was death, and hell followed with him. And power was given unto him, unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword, and with hunger, and with death, and with the beast of the earth. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw thunder, I saw under the altar, the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony of which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, doest thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white and white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest for a little season until their fellow servants also, their brethren, that should be killed as they were, should be fulfilled. In other words, fulfilled is another word for prophecy. But prophecy has to be fulfilled. When he talks about the seven uh, spirits of God, it is not seven spirits, there are seven angels. And these are the ones that uh, be around the throne of God. Uh, also, when it says the uh, horsemen, the four horses of the apocalypse, but actually there are only four horses, but there are five riders. And the and the way you know that there was five riders is look at the eighth verse. It says, "I and I looked and behold a pale horse, and his name that set on him was death, and hell followed with him." In other words, there's two riders on the pale horse, and it lets you know that that uh, these are the judgments that are getting ready to happen. It tells you about the antichrist and everything else. This is just the beginning. But here's the thing. We, are the believers, will not be here. I believe there's, there's three teachings, pre, post, and mid. Mid. Mm-hmm. So those three, uh, everybody has their own opinion. Mine, I believe in pre. We're going to leave out of here according to the fourth chapter of Revelation where it says come up here. That is a door open, and then we leave out of here. They say, well, there's no such word as a rapture. But if you go back in the Greek, you'll find that it's rhetorical, which means rapture. But English words, 
Greek words, Hebrew words, uh, Aramaic words don't always interpret the same. So we do the best we can on interpretation. And I asked the Lord once before, I said, what is the best Bible to study? What is the one that's closer to your word? And he told me the King James Version. So, yes, it has these and it has thou's and stuff like that. But if you understand, these and thou's only mean the continuation of something. That's why it's T-H, continuation of something. Uh, what is it? I for I or D and T. just means you or somebody else or me or something like that. That's all. Just take your time. You'll get through it. So here's all these things that's getting ready to happen upon the earth. Thank God that you, if you're saved, you won't be here. So this is why we read this now so we can warn the people. That's the only reason we read it, so we can warn the people. They say, well, it ain't happened yet, so I ain't going to worry about it. Maybe it'll have another. But, see, you got to come to the judgment. So you need to know what's getting ready to happen so that you may repent. I ain't going to say you'll be able to. I said that you may be able to repent. So this is why information is very important. I have a question mm-hmm. about the 144,000. Okay, we haven't got there I yet. Know, I know. <laughs> that just came to my mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we haven't got there yet, but it, uh, I'll just tell you in advance. The 144,000 are the 12 tribes of Israel. They'll be the evangelists for the Jewish race. They're the, the elect. That's why there's 144 of them. And each one is explained in the scriptures by the name of their family. And they'll tell you 1,200 is taken out of theirs, 12,000. So that's the 144,000. Okay. No problem. Somebody else might have been one on the radio wanting to answer. Right. But you never know. Uh, And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell into the earth, even as a fig tree cast her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind, and the heaven departed as a scroll when it was rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places, and the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman and every freeman hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains, to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of, of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? No, where you hear that question? When the judgment comes, what you going to do? You can't run, you can't hide, you'll be crying for death, and you won't be able to die. You can be tortured, rocks up on you, burning and stuff, and you won't be able to die screaming and hollering and then cussing God later on because you're mad because you can't die. But whose fault is it? Yours. You didn't have to be left behind. You need to obey God's word now while you are alive and do those things that's pleasing in God's sight. All right, if there's anybody out there that want to ask any questions, this is the time. You can uh, push one on your telephone, and then will open the line for you. And, uh, Mary, do you have anything you would like to say? I mean, Dorothy, I'm sorry. 
You keep wanting to change my name. I'm going to have to try and figure out why. <laughs> I hear you. Oh. Well, nobody can name you like... when you're little, was it? Um, I would, Dana, if you're done with the teaching, what I would like (laughs) is for you to teach us the proper way to pray for everything that's going on in the riots and the people being beat up. I mean, pray healing for the people being beaten up, but I know how I've been praying when I see the riot. And my heart breaks for the babies that are being killed, you know, just from the gun violence. So what would be an effective way to pray against this stuff? Okay. Now, if I was, which I do pray, (laughs) uh, I would look at what Jesus said. I'll do it exactly the way he does, but this is when you have to. If you pray with knowledge, it gives you more of an opening to the secrets that God has. Now, that's uh, Matthew, the sixth chapter, and uh, okay. Well, I want to get to the prayer part. It's the ninth. Okay. Now, they asked him, how do we pray? And he said, after this manner. That don't mean the exact words, but a form of your prayer or something similar to this. And so when you get ready to pray, it says, after this minute, therefore pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And now we're talking about the glorious name of the Father, which means when it says name, it means thy authority. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. But as I told you, this is English words being transferred. And it's a little bit different when you speak it in Hebrew. What you got to do is get your mind, when the Bible says meditate upon on the word day and night, it's talking about the kingdom rules. How does the kingdom operate? So you got people that's being, like this young man came in, knew the kid, five years old, and then shot him, shot him in the head. But we need to get God's will down here. And his will is not to be destroying people, but that people may have life and life more abundantly. Jesus explained that. So that's why it says, Thy kingdom come, thy will, God's will in earth as it is in the heaven. Give us this day our what? Daily, which means Every day you need instructions. That's what bread is, instructions. But it says bread, and we think of bread that we eat. But that's not what it means. As I told you, God hides things and then tells us to come look, search it out. Just like we said, a sore goes to soap. Well, seed, what seed was he talking about? He was talking about the word. Get the word, affirmation of the word, and it will change you and the situation. Then it says, Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We got to practice forgiving people when we don't want to. People have hurt your heart, hurt your feelings, said things that uh, that was not uh, glorifying to you. Well, we have to forgive them. But what? First of all, you got to learn the rest of the words. The rest of the words says, 
rebuke them first. And then when they say, forgive me, then you forgive. You don't forgive them if they don't ask for it. People say, well, you're supposed to forgive everybody. you got to know the whole scripture, not part of it. Then it says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The original thing, it didn't say evil. It says evil ones. But there's many demons out here. I deal with them. Uh, Brother Dwayne deals with them. Our church deals with them. In other words, Jesus told us to cast out demons. We obey God. He said, lay hands on the sick. We obey God. It says, uh, pray over the, uh, people that need help. We obey God. Okay? That's just the bottom line. Obey God. And so it says, deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Then it says, amen. Well, what does amen or amen mean? It means truth. That's what it means, truth. Yeah, I know they said, well, that means I agree. Well, Jesus didn't need nobody to agree. <laughs> he said, I am the truth, and, and that's what he wanted. And he said, this is what you have to do, the truth. All right, so when you pray, I go, uh, see, that's just the beginning. Then I would turn over to Psalms so that you can get protection and that you can help others. Psalms, uh, the 16th chapter. I'm trying to get people to get there. Psalms, the 16th chapter. Because we need the word. That's what it is. When we talk about God, we're talking about the word. The word we need to keep in us. That's what brings us forth. When uh, God told uh, Joshua, he said, let not this book uh, depart from your mouth. Keep the word. Keep the word. Keep the word. All right? So this is one of the parts of the prayers that I pray. Go ahead. Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, Thou art my Lord, my goodness, extendeth not to thee, but to the saints that are in the earth, and, the, and to the excellent in whom is all my delight. Now, did you notice what it says? O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, Thou art my Lord, my, thou art my Lord, my goodness extend not to thee. In other words, you cannot go to God and tell you, Oh, I love you, Lord. That ain't working. God said, if you want to show me you love me, show love one another. That's what Jesus came to explain, what the Old Testament was teaching. So it says, but to the saints that are in the earth and to the excellence in whom is all my delight. I want to please God. So I'm praying for the people, the saints. I ain't praying for everybody. I'm praying for the saints because there's a lot of people here are not God's people. you got two sets. God always do opposite, two things. It could be yes or no, good or bad, good and evil. There's always an opposite, yin and yang. So this is why we pray for the ones that's with us, not for everybody else. All right? Go ahead. Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names into my lips. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintains my lot, maintains my lot. The, the lines are fallen unto me in pleasure in pleasant places. 
Yeah, I have a goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My reigns also instruct me in the night season. Remember, I was telling you, when you pray, you pray for instruction. And as you're praying for instruction, God, the Holy Spirit, will give you instruction if you ask for it. He don't give you nothing unless you ask for it. You ask for instruction, he'll give you instruction. How do we pray for the little ones and stuff? The angels of the Lord, for little kids, are always before my father's face. That's what Jesus said. So when you, you pray the word of God, the angels, according to Psalms, I think it's 107, operate according to the word of God. So it will not come back void. So it's up to each person to pray for your family, for you to pray for that city, for you to pray for that country, because we are the ones that, as God said, you can't come up here. You cannot show me you love me, but you show me that you love the people on the earth here, the saints of the earth. Then I can hear you. Then I'll bless you. And that's what he said. I will bless you. I will bless you. That's that's a good part with God. I will bless you. All right. I will bless you. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My reigns also instruct me in the night season. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also also shall rest in hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence of, of its fullness of joy. In thy night hand there is pleasures forevermore. The right hand there is pleasures forevermore. Mm-hmm. Now, if you notice that, where it says the Holy One, and big capitals and everything else, what it is, this is prophecy about Jesus. And what it's saying, when he, he goes, he dies, and he goes in hell, but he would not be there more than three days. Because I told you before, they thought your body, your soul is still around for three days. But he said, if I uh, descend into hell on the third day, I'll come out. He said that when he talked about Noah, not Noah, but uh, Jonah and stuff. And Jonah was in the well for three days and three nights. Same thing that he said was going to happen. Numbers are very important with God. So, as I said, if you, as you pray, you pray scriptures like this. You find affirmation. Looking through the scriptures, Psalms are the best place to find it. First of all, you asking God, 16th, as I said, preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. Or word for trust is faith. Faith and trust are so close together. That's why, as I say, with a Hebrew word, it is not the same thing as we say it. They have a little bit different understanding, but it's the same understanding. As close as we can get is learn to trust God, trust him in everything. If you lose your one, I'll give you an example. You lose your wallet. Well, God knows where everything is hidden. So say, put, uh, there, there's nothing that's hid. That's hid from the Lord. That's a scripture that I quote out. And I find everything I lose. And everybody I told about that scripture, they used the lady lost her keys to her car at a football field, and all the lights were turned out. So there's no way she could see her light, or she had no flashlight, no nothing. I told that lady to pray that prayer and walk out toward the football field. She walked about halfway and stepped on her keys. 
Wow. I lost my wallet <laughs> on the highway and ended up uh, my car. When I came back about a month later, my car ran out of gas. When I stepped out of the car, I stepped on my wallet. Oh, wow. And all the money was still there. Well, I'm trying to tell you, God knows with everything, and if you serve him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, he will bless you going in, bless you going out, make you the head and not the tail. So I hope I answered your question, uh, Dorothy, and I got your name back to Dorothy again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the most part, for the most part, yes. I just, it just breaks my heart to see all this um, hurtful stuff going on, the the destruction <laughs> and the deception and the fear and the... I mean, I don't watch the mainstream media, but I do watch Fox News, and they do show the riots. And, you know, mm-hmm. every Monday you're hearing about all the murders, you know, all the killings that happened over the weekend. And uh, these babies, I mean, they're talking about babies getting shot in the head in their bed, you know? Mm-hmm. It's It's... Yeah, I just feel sorry for the parents and everything like that. But yeah. uh, the main thing is the Bible said if we don't have righteous people in charge, that these things would come upon us. And a lot of the uh, people will talk about, well, we don't need to get involuntary uh, with politics. Yes, you do. We got to vote the right people to be in, godly, godly people. And that's why our Psalms 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law, politics of the Lord, and his law, rule, does he meditate day when he understands and night when he doesn't understand. And he will be planted like a tree, planted by rivers of water that bring forth his fruit in his season. The more you live the word, the more you practice the word, don't be a hearer only, but be a doer of the word, then the word will prosper in you, and you will bring forth fruit for uh, prosperity that God has for you. But remember what he told you. Don't bless. He said, blessed is the man that walketh not in the council of the ungodly. So we need godly men and women in the White House. We need godly men in the governor house. We need godly men and women everywhere that rules. We need godly people that believe what the word says and the word is what we need. Did I did I uh the only question I have after that answer is that how do we convince Godly people to run for office. Well, that's the thing. God doesn't force anybody to do anything. All we can do is just ask God for instruction and see what God gives us. He, you may talk to somebody and didn't even realize that you're promoting them to do something. Like my son, I didn't know that he's talking about running for a political office. But he heard, you know, of what the Word says, and he studied the Word. He started reading the Bible day and night. And now he's being convinced that the Word is true. 
And now he's on, as I say, he's getting ready to run for a political office. And just like one of my cousins, he, his name is Reverend C.T. Vivian, he was like third in command with Abernathy under uh, Martin Luther King. And he started off one way, but he ended up being in politics. And they helped with what they called the movement. And that's what passed the Civil Rights Bill. So the main thing is always ask for instructions for somebody to walk past you that you may encourage. If I be your little grandkids, you start training them now in the way it should go. When they get old, it'll start thinking about maybe I ought to go into positive. I need to change things. And the, like in the Jewish family, they try to train uh, train them after their skills. You know, daddy is a carpenter. He tried to make his kids a carpenter. Daddy's a doctor. They teach the kids to be doctors. And that's how they are successful. Okay, did that answer that? Somewhat. Okay. Somewhat. I'm, you know, my problem is I'm kind of stuck here. I'm housebound. So I have to pray from afar these people. So. Well, I hear you. Can I add something to that? When we pray, we also have to be specific. Specific about what we're praying about. God will answer every prayer. I'm, I'm a firm believer. I, I know it. I'm not a believer. I, I know. I'm a, I've seen it with my own eyes. A lot of times when we pray, we're not specific. Oh, God, the grass is green and no, Father God, we need you to keep the grass green, Lord God. We need to get specific. Tell him what we're asking for. He already knows, but he wants to hear us say it. We need to speak it out. That's why I was saying that, you know, uh, get instructions. That's what it's all about. Lord, I can't get out. How can I get, how can I witness somebody maybe to get into the White House? Next thing you know, you get a phone call, and his cousin's calling you, ain't talked to you in years. Did you know my cousin is running for such and such? Is he a godly man? Or is she a godly woman? Start asking questions. There's the beginning right there. Okay. Well, nobody got any questions or anything they want to ask? Nobody is raising their hand. <laughs> okay. So I want to pray that all the angels, the father sends angels to surround their babies in their homes and protect them from these bullets flying around. Is that specific enough? Yes, it is. One that got really got to me was the one who was playing in his grandmother's yard and got shot. I'm going, ooh. How would you feel as a grandparent? Because you know I'm a grandparent. Yeah. That would that that would hurt. Yeah, a I lot. know. I've been blessed. I got twenty three grandkids and grandkids. And out of all those kids, only one has died. That shows wow. that's a miracle in this. It is. That's but, a big miracle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the main thing is that, you know, that 
You do what God please, what God loves, God will do what you need. Okay, and I don't individually pray for each one of my kids. I, I pray this kind of prayer, and this prayer is, Lord, I pray for my family and my friends, and I pray for their family and friends, that you will, uh, according to the scriptures, and I'll quote sometimes like Psalms 91, Psalms 23, Psalms 27. Whatever scripture the Lord puts on my heart, that's the one I'll call on. So that I know is the word of God and the angels. Angels come to activity when the word of God is spoken, and it will not come back void. All right. You got anything else? Ain't nobody raising a hand, Dorothy? No, I don't know why that is. I don't know either, but because I ain't been on so long, maybe people don't know I'm on again. But anyway, <laughs> that could be. Well, in two more weeks, we'll come back on and we'll finish up on which scriptures were we at tonight. John 11 or 12. We've already only 11. So 12. Did we finish 12? No, we finished 11. Did we finish 12? I don't know. Let me see. Darcy, did you keep up with it this time? Yep, we got to. Uh, we did 11. We didn't do 12. Okay. So we'll do. Uh, John, the 11th chapter, the 12th chapter. The 12th chapter, yep. And we'll do um, Revelation, the, I think it's the 7th chapter. Yes. Okay. And uh, I'll try to tell more and more people, let them know we're back on the radio. Yes. I tell you, the devil don't want these messages to be put out, but we're going to put them out anyway. Amen. So that way somebody can put the archives and stuff and can hear these things. And you never know, right? The question you ask and stuff might be the one that somebody else is asking, and when they turn on the archives, they'll hear their answer and do it. So until next time, Dorothy, glad talking to you. Glad we're back on the thing. I'll try to call Jamil later on and see how he's doing. Feels better soon. I don't like it when he's sick. I hear you. I hear you. All right. God bless. Then my brother, go ahead and pray for us. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day, Father God. We thank you for this teaching hour, Father God. We thank you for the questions that was asked, Father God. We thank you for the answers that you gave, Father God. We thank you for all things, Lord God. We thank you for worship. We thank you for praise. We thank you for your son dying on the cross for our sins. Lord God, we just thank you for your love and your honor and your glory, Father God. We thank you for all that because it's not about us, it's about you. Father God, we thank you that we are able to assemble ourselves together, Father God, for your teaching hour, Father God, to give the people what they need, Lord God. Not about us, but about you. Father God, we ask that you would just keep us and carry us in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 All right. Well, I'll talk to you in a, uh, before two weeks, but in that meantime. Okay. Talk to you later. Okay. Father bless everyone. Good night, you guys. Good night. Good night.
is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.